I got to purchase penis, you need to purchase pussy. Until then, go fuck yourself. Love you, Rebecca. You're listening to Tranny Rex 67. Maybe. And masturbating <laughs> from Portland, Oregon. Tranny Rec Radio. Hey, everybody! You are listening to Tranny Rec sixty seven. My name is Rebecca Nay. Wherever you're listening, Trans FM or KCJDW, thefreaknetwork.com, wherever the fuck you're listening, MySpace, Facebook. Uh, trains and assholes, whatever. Thank you so much. Today is Monday, September 3rd, 2007. It is Labor Day. And with me, I have two fabulous fucking whores from Sacramento, California. It is Jaina. Hello. And Mila. How's it going? From Transponder Podcast, which is at Trans dash ponder.com if you go to transponder.com you're going to get their porn site so maybe that's where you really want to go but uh what what the fuck brings you two whores up to portland um well portland is where i actually started transitioning and so since mila is in my life i kind of felt this need to like come back and revisit where i started my transition i really felt this kind of I don't know, draw to come back and just kind of, you know, share that with her. Yeah, and I just wanted to come up and get drunk at your house. <laughs> and that she did last night. It, it, it's been a fucking fabulous week. Let me tell I'll, Let me uh, uh, fucking update you guys on what's going on. Last week I talked about uh, tailgating and some of the social anxiety I had about tailgating at a football game. That happened on Thursday. Uh, let me say this. The tailgating was fucking wonderful. Everybody that I met from utefans.net was absolutely uh, wonderful. Um, the football game was forgettable. <laughs> Our starting quarterback and starting running back got hurt in the first half. And we didn't do shit the rest of the game from that point on. And our season is kind of screwed as a result. So... Uh, it was a, but overall, you know, the, the, the shitty game aside, it was a great experience. And then it was it, uh, so then I spent the next two days cleaning my house because that's typically what motivates me to clean is when I, uh, throw house parties. I generally throw an outdoor house party about once a year because I have a huge backyard. And, uh, I also did it. I did it solely because Jaina and Mila are coming up. Uh, for no other reason, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have even uh, thrown this house party if you two whores hadn't come up. Doesn't that make you feel special? It makes me feel no. 
No, not at all. Not really. I think you're lying, but... (laughs) Well, you better have done it for us. I mean, there's no other reason to have a party. See, I I like you, Mila. See, see, you, you trust me. You understand how genuine I am. Jaina just thinks I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm going to cry. Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> no, I actually, I, I didn't throw it for you guys. I just, you guys coming up. That was, that was the. the so sorry. Now I'm disappointed. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I can tell. No, we had a great time. I had a bunch of people over. It was Labor Day weekend. Uh, when I found out you guys were coming up, I, it actually did influence my decision to have the party. Uh, it wasn't the sole reason, but definitely heavily influenced. Um, but yeah, so last night we got fucking trashed, especially Mila. <laughs> she did a strip show for us last night. Fucking slut. But hey, you know that's a that's a good thing in my book. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a great weekend. Uh, not a whole not a whole hell of a lot else happened in uh, over the past week. Uh, we're gonna do a songless show since I have two guests. This uh, this is the first time on Tranny Rec Radio that I've actually had uh, two more than one other person on the program with me. So. How does it feel to be part of a virginal part? How, how does it? How does? How does it? How does it feel to be part of the first Tranny Rec Radio three way? I always knew I would be setting history sometime in my life, and now I have. Jeez, I'm always in three ways, so I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> Hot. Mm. Oh fuck yeah! Well, the bad man. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, now that I'm in heat, let's get let's start let's talk about you two and your podcast. Why did you start uh when did when did you start uh uh and I, here's what we'll do since we're 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 doing since we're we've never done this before. Whoever wants to talk, just kind of raise your hand and I'll throw the microphone over at you. Uh uh, so whoever raises their hand first, this is like Jeopardy, basically. Uh, these hard-hitting questions here. Um, why did you guys start? When did you start your podcast, and why? Well, it was it was fairly recent. I mean, it's only been what about two or three months since we started our podcast, and I think that it was more of a kind of a random thing that we were talking about, and we ended up getting trans-ponder dot com. Um, you know, we looked it up one day just to see if it was available, and. When that happened, it's kind of like, well, well, now we own the website. We better start podcasting. <laughs> so. Cool, cool, cool. Um, why? I mean, how did you? Did you? Did you, Were you? Were you guys listening to podcasts? How did you hear about podcasting? Why? Why did you? What? What? What gave you the inspiration to want to do your own? Um, I think it was me that originally brought it up in passing that we should, you know. Uh, maybe start being a little bit more out as far as being transgender, and it would be a good thing. And um, wait a minute, you're trans. You guys are transgender. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh shit! I thought you two were real women. Oh my god. Well, I just want you to know that I, I don't want you to be too intimidated. I have a vagina. 
So um, I, I hope this is okay. They hate me now. Okay, everybody, that's the show tonight. Um, anyway, okay. Um, uh, what was the? What was I at? Oh yeah. Okay. So you start. So so you now. Did you guys listen to any podcasts before you produced your own? What was the very first podcast you guys listened to? I don't remember. I was not a pot, regular podcast listener, but I listened to a few of them, mm-hmm. mostly about gaming related stuff, like video games and stuff, and because I'm a nerd. And um, so I kind of mentioned that it would be fun and had no idea how to put one together or anything, but we, you know, it wasn't that hard. Yeah, I mean, I think I was listening to a podcast about um, writing. Um, it was, I think it was the Michael Stackpole. He's like a writer of like these stupid X-Wing fighter books or whatever, not to offend anyone who's read those books and liked them. But um, he's written over 52 books and I was trying to write a book at the time. And that was my first experience. Of course, my first transgender podcast that I listened to was Tranny Rack. Where, where's that at? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't find it. I tried to Google it the other day, and it just it's not there anymore. She's a pod-fading bitch from what I've heard. Fucking cunt. Jeez. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to refer to anatomy as cunts, not people. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, all you hyper-PC listeners out there. So... So, so you guys were just kind of listening to podcasts. You decided you wanted to start your own. Was it just to kind of like tell your own story then or talk about just issues that are important to you or both? We'll start with Mila. Well, I think we really found that there has been a lack of information for people who are um, in our age our age range, you know, between the age of like 25 and, you know, 35, you know. Um, and so... You haven't been listening to Tranny Rick long enough, obviously. I This show is a wealth of information. I am hurt. Well, that's why I gave you credit there. <laughs> no, but there there is not enough information out there. We really wanted to make sure that there are people who are in our situation having just started transition. I mean, we, are, um, we just made the decision that we were going to start talking about transgender issues when we were about a year into our transitions. And uh, I think... At the at that point, we had a lot of questions, and we want to kind of explore that. And the more we got into exploring it, the more we realized just how little information was out there for people like us. Well, and you bring up a really good point. There, not only, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of issues that a lot of trans people have in common. There's also generational issues uh, that people of older, other generations face different issues than people of our generation, than the Gen Xers do, the Gen Y generation has different issues than the gen x generation than the baby boomer generation so you know it's it's important to talk about those uh things in those contexts too um you know i i think that there's a lot of information out there in general transgender information but i don't think a lot of it is coming from transgendered people Mm -hmm. and so i think that is you know pretty important to um you know more transgender people need to speak with their own voice rather than let other people speak for them that's bullshit i don't agree with that at all i i i I am perfectly capable i'm perfectly happy having uh you two uh speak for me (laughs) yeah because we're suddenly lower than you now that you've gone to thailand (sighs) see they finally figured it out uh, once you get the surgery, then you climb the transsexual hierarchy ladder. 
you've transcended to a higher state of being. Thank you. That's, all it takes is a cunt. All it takes is a cunt. Amen to that, sister. Because we, we know that, in all seriousness, um, oh, go ahead. I think you've actually added 10 points to your IQ when you got that done. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. It, it, we're we're joking about this, but for our listeners that may not realize that this is all tongue in cheek, uh, we're we're definitely all in the same page uh, when it comes to the idea that gender is not defined by what's in between your legs. It's defined by what's in between your ears. What's what's I mean? Do you guys run it? But do you guys run into that opinion? the gender is defined by what's in between your legs attitude on a daily basis. Well, yeah, especially with everything where we've been talking, you know, doing activist um, work and trying to talk to people about like the, um, the bathroom incidents that are happening in, uh, in Arizona and people are like, well, you got a dick between your legs, so you don't know what you're talking about. And it's just, it's insane how people just put you in this category of being mentally incapable of having uh, any sort of decisions or any sort of um, rational thought just because you're transgender. I, I agree. I, I think another thing, an issue that I have with a segment of the trans community, spe- specifically uh, female to males, or if not female to males, uh, male to females, uh, trans women, is there are a lot of trans women out there that don't feel like they are complete and whole women until they get the surgery. And not only is that belittling to them, that's belittling to every other pre-op and non-op woman that's out there. It was like Sister Paula, who I've talked about and had in my program before. She is non-operative. She's, you know, when she was really young, she had the desire to have the surgery, but that eventually went away. And she realized that, you know, she didn't need to have a vagina to be a woman. Yeah, we just had our last, um, or our upcoming episode, which we'll be putting out pretty soon. We interviewed Maddie Blaustein, who was the voice of Meowth on Pokemon. And one of the things that, that you know, I asked her was about surgery and her considerations. And when I talked to her, she said she hadn't even thought about it in almost 12 years at the point, And she's probably not ever going to get the surgery, not because she doesn't, you know, want to, but more that it's, you know, the act of surgery is a very scary proposition and it's altering your body. And she fits in just fine as a woman as she is. So why does that define her at all? She doesn't see it as being a defining point as to whether or not she's a woman. Yeah, yeah. So for those, so it's good that we talked about that, uh, considering we had our little tongue-in-cheek moments there. And for those of you that are longtime listeners of this show, you know that I, on occasion, like to uh, rant against this idea that gender is defined by what's in between your legs and uh, make fun of it, the idea, at the same time. So... Now, the two of you have been together for since for about nine, was it nine months now? Just about. Nice. And uh, you transitioned about uh, a year ago? Um, well, the physical hormone transition has been about 15 months at this point. Um, January was the point where both of us went full time and we did it around the same time. That's right. Yeah, same time. <laughs> I just throw the microphone in her face. She had nothing to say. She's like, um, yeah. So you guys are 
children when it comes to the transition. I just want you to know that as your elder in the transition process, not only can you look up to me, you can ask me any questions and I might answer them if you behave. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of, this might as well be a fucking tranny wreck raw because we just went we just basically hit the record button with not a whole hell of a lot to talk about. So uh, so yeah, this is Jaina and Mila from trans-ponder.com. Uh, was there anything else you two wanted to say before we went on and played our first and only voicemail of the show? Just that if anyone has any questions for us or, um, you know, would like to, to talk to us, feel free to email us at our, at, um, www.trans-ponder.com and we're happy to answer any questions or give you any information. And, and, and for the record, for those of you that are wondering, they're fucking, both of them are smoking hot and, uh, but they don't know it, but I'm going to rape them after the show. So, um, with, I was looking forward to, I was looking forward to that actually. All right. <laughs> God damn it. I can't rape them. Fuck. <laughs> On that note, I think we should, uh, go ahead and play a voicemail. Hey, Rex listeners, this is Edward. Um, I've just been listening to Tranny Rex 66, um, which, if you add a 6 to it, is evil, 666. Um, you know, but I think it's pretty evil anyway. It's a pretty great uh, uh, podcast. Anyway, so I'm calling to talk about the issue of anti-companies. And I think that, Becky, you have two different questions. The first question is, uh, is America over-medicated? And the second question is, are pharmaceutical companies screwing us? Um, and they're related, but I think different questions. So the first question, is America over-medicated? I think that the answer... Okay, and for those of you, just uh, this is uh, in response to my last podcast, uh, Training Rick 66, on antidepressants answer lies in like the effect that you have to look at the effect that that the antidepressants are having on you for example i uh once went to a college uh medical center with like an arm problem and they just randomly prescribed me paxil and you know i took it for a few weeks and it just fucked with me um you know i was rocking back and forth in my chair it took me like two hours to jack off i'm like you know this is just not the right thing um, and so in that sense, I think that, that antidepressants are way overprescribed. On the other hand, I have good friends who really are depressed before they take the medication. They take antidepressants. The antidepressants help them lead you know, much happier, much more fulfilled lives. And they have this sense that they should be able to wean themselves off of the antidepressants or you know, that they're not, something's wrong with them because they have to take them. And so they try to go off them, they get depressed again, you know, and I say to these people, if you find something that works, go with it. You know, who cares if you're paying a lot of money, you know, if you have the insurance, who cares if you're funding big pharmaceutical companies or, you know, whatever. Um, if you found something that works for you and makes you happy, you should do that thing. I mean, that's my own opinion. Um, and then there's this question of whether pharmaceutical companies are screwing us. You know, I don't know anything about this. Um, and so I'm talking out of my ass right now. Um, certainly, the, you know, we pay a lot of money for medications. On the other hand, um, I can see how 
Uh, pharmaceutical companies are the ones who developed these medications in the first place. Like you have HIV, you take HIV medications. Who developed these medications? Uh, big pharmaceutical companies. And pharmaceutical companies spend millions and millions of dollars doing research and development, a lot of which never sees the light of day, uh, you know, because the theories don't pan out, because they don't get FDA approval, that kind of thing. So the medications that we, the, you know, what we pay for the medications that do work out has to underwrite or subsidize, you know, millions and millions of dollars um, of research that they're doing trying to find you know, things that don't work out. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's, like, bullshit and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, but I think that there's something to be said for that, too. Um, so I'll be interested to hear Becky's response to that. Anyway, Becky, I love you. Love the Tranny Rick listeners. And uh, uh, just a little biographical note on my part, I just moved to Dallas, started a new job here. So if there are any Tranny Rick listeners in Dallas or in Texas, uh, let me know. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, you heard that, uh, Tranny Rec listeners. If you're in the Dallas area and you want to fuck Ed, I mean, meet Edward, um, uh, send me an email, trannyrick at gmail.com, and I will pass on Edward's email address to you. Uh, Edward, you're going to get more than my response. Uh, what did you guys, th- there was a lot, uh, said in that, uh, voicemail. Let's see, he separated into basically three different parts. That is America. I think the first part he talked about, is America over-medicated? I think definitely so. Um, however, that being said, I do know a few people that have benefited from the medications, but I also know people that have been handed meds just because they go in a little bit depressed. And then suddenly they're like, oh, here, let me just, you know, prescribe you this. And that's like the first thing they go for. Yeah, and it seems like if you have enough people in a pool, if you hand all of them meds and one of them gets better, then, wow, it's a success. You know, the other 19 people out of the 20 that, you know, are just completely zombies because you put them on something that just took away all of their emotions. Oh, no, it's okay, you know, because they're functional, uh-huh. you know. I think, you know, a lot of people and sometimes the medical community doesn't really acknowledge it, the fact that sometimes it's okay to be depressed. Like I had a friend that his mom died. And he went on antidepressants. He wanted to go on antidepressants. It's like, you know, isn't that a time where you're supposed to be sad? Yeah, and I think there's also a big difference between, like, clinical, like, um, chemical depression and just being, like, you know, depressed because, you know, you broke your leg or found out that you had some sort of disease that's going to kill you. You know, you have cancer. Of course you're going to be depressed. You've got cancer, you know. This is not a time to be sticking yourself on medication for depression. It's like, you know, the, there you go. <laughs> Well, exactly. It's just like I said on my last week's podcast, it's like they tried to give me Paxil after my HIV diagnosis. It's like, oh, yeah, Paxil, that's going to make everything all better. Will it make me negative? Because if if that Paxil isn't going to make me negative again, then it ain't going to do fucking shit for me. Yeah, I mean, I went in because I was, you know, I was diagnosed with depression because I had, you know, I was transgender and I was basically in a loveless marriage that was, you know, slowly going down the drain. I had just lost my house. It's like all these horrible things are happening for me. They prescribe me Wellbutrin, and all of a sudden I want to commit suicide. I mean, how does that help me any? Don't don't you think in a way when they when they gave you those meds for HIV status, it's like they wanted to make you manageable and make it so you didn't have to face reality. Fuck, I can just drink. I don't need antidepressants. <laughs> I just get drunk <laughs> or smoke a lot of weed. Of course, I started smoking weed after 
I, you know, after I started taking antiviral medications to deal with the uh, side effects. So, you know, because up to that point, I hadn't taken any illegal drugs in my life. So it's all the HIV's fault. <laughs> okay, staying on topic here. Um, fuck. God damn. All right. I think we're all right. Staying on topic here. Uh, let, God fucking damn it. Uh, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, so I think there we go. There we go. Okay. I was having issues with my headphones, which probably didn't affect you guys, but uh, um, as far as my listening audience goes. Um, the second part of that email, or the voicemail, he was talking about, um, uh, what was the second part of that voicemail? Um well, I think that was the kind of the third. Well, the second part, I think he was just talking about uh, people, he knowing people that were uh, on antidepressants, that it was helping and the potential, the, the potential good that antidepressants can have in some people's life. I, as far as the, the pharmaceuticals, he was kind of, it was kind of an interesting, Edward. You were kind of defending Big Pharma, which I found to be quite fascinating yeah i'm sure they do spend a lot of money on research that uh doesn't pan out but the amount of money they charge but, but here's the thing research is also subsidized by tax dollars so i mean when you're getting subsidized by federal tax dollars and you know you're charging sh buttloads of money uh you know how much research does that really fucking justify? I mean, personally, my personal conspiracy theory opinion is that they have a cure for HIV, but they don't want to release that because it's not cost effective to cure it, but it certainly is profitable to manage it. Yeah, and pharma pharmaceutical companies are profit-making companies. The reason why they're developing um, you know, these uh, pills for diseases is because they can make money off of them, not because they actually are trying to you know, cure HIV. It's like, well, if we can find something that will, will keep you alive, the longer we keep you alive, the more you give us money. Wasn't it Chris Rock that said that you don't make money off the cure, you make it off the, off the comeback? That's what the drug dealer does? Uh -huh. Keeps you coming back. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about, is making drugs that people have to take the the rest of their life. And I think antidepressants is just one more example of that, because people, you know, because people do become dependent on these drugs. Well, I also find it interesting that a lot of these antidepressants weren't even developed to be antidepressants. They're anti-seizure medications that just happen to make people feel better. So it's like, what are you doing to your brain when you're taking these things? And, and like I said, I think in my, my last week's episode, I can see antidepressants being useful for somebody that's already fucked their brain up on recreational drugs or even alcohol use. Because, I mean, God, alcohol use kills brain cells. So I can see antidepressants being useful for maybe like a temporary period but the idea of being on them the rest of your life i i i, I you know i don't know i mean that i are do you guys think that people are born with chemical deficiencies in their brain that would require antidepressants the rest of their life i mean it, obviously there are uh psychological diseases out there that require medication but yeah, and, and they're pro do you guys think that that 
that a majority of the people that are on antidepressants would fall in that category? I think not. I think the majority, no. I think some, yes, but I think a lot of people, it seems to be the first thing they go towards, and a lot of it can be environmental stuff. There are chemical imbalances that can be corrected other ways, even through diet. So it's not the, always the first thing that should be jumped upon. Well, also a lot of times when I see people getting prescribed antidepressants, there's been no real medical testing on them to see if they have you know deficiencies of serotonin or if they have imbalances in the brain. It's kind of like, well, how do you feel? Oh, you feel this way, so we're just going to write you a prescription. It's like if there's actually a chemical imbalance, shouldn't we be developing tests to see like you know what the imbalance is and how we can correct those imbalances and specifically target the imbalances that are for your condition as opposed to just randomly giving you drugs until it works? And you know, one more thing regarding like the profits and research goes in the money, money and research and stuff. Okay, I think you know anyone who develops a product has. Um, you know, should be able to make some money from it. But the profits they uh, post are, like, just hor hor horrendous how huge they are. And at what point does that become immoral? And, you know, they have such... And money, of course, gives them such um, access to uh, legislature and stuff like that that kind of, you know, kind of feeds that process again. And I'm not... I don't know that there's a better way, but, I mean, shouldn't there be some sort of guidelines and oversight to how that sort of process works. Yeah, and, and we're also, we're kind of pricing people out of the ability to have their medical needs met. You know, so you make medications so expensive that somebody can't afford to buy the medications that are going to keep them alive. And one other thing, I don't trust fucking corporations. I'm sorry. I don't trust fucking corporations to do what's in my best interest. So fuck them. So fuck them. Amen to that, sister. I think that's a good note to close that discussion on. If you have any comments on our discussion on antidepressants, the drug industry, uh, voicemail line, we prefer voicemails, 206-338-2563. Uh, plug that into your cell phone number. I do that with my favorite podcasts. Or the easy way, if you're just out somewhere and you want to call me it's two, and you, you forgot the number, just remember 2063 fuck me again that's 2063 fuck me my email address is trannyrec at gmail.com uh, i want to thank both of you jaina and mila from trans-ponder.com for joining me today not only for the podcast but for a fucking terrific weekend uh do you have any closing thoughts uh we had an awesome weekend here it was great coming up to portland and meeting rebecca and uh She's as she's big a big a whore as she you know she comes across. Yeah, it's that's all natural. That's her. Yeah, we we really had a great time. It was really nice uh, meeting all your friends. And are you falling asleep on me? Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> you must have really had too much to drink. I mean, we finished that whole bottle of pucker together. So. <laughs> but thank you very much for having us up. You know, it's been a great time. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I think we're going to uh, keep this at a short show. Like I said, there's not a whole hell of a lot that's happened since we last podcasted. We're all going to go have a lesbian three-way. And you guys are invited. Bye, everybody. I appreciate you joining me for this podcast. This show is a member of the Freak Network. Go to www.thefreaknetwork.com to get your freak out.
This program is a member of the Trans FM Internet Broadcast Network. Trans-FM.org.